0: grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is true that over and over again in the scriptures we find that the ones who receive the riches of the kingdom of God are the ones who have nothing. This is the way that God likes to work when you bring nothing to the table then God can do great things. Jesus says that to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be like a little child. He tells the pious Pharisees that the prostitutes and the tax collectors are entering the kingdom of God ahead of them. And how many of the great men of the Bible were born to mothers who were previously said to be barren? Isaac, Samson, Samuel, John the Baptist. And You think about Gideon and the 300 soldiers that God left him with uh, that went up against the Midianite army, 135,000 strong. Or David, the young shepherd boy who defeats the mighty Goliath with just a sling and a stone. And I want us to look for a moment here at our Old Testament reading. If you want to follow along there on the back of the bulletin from Jeremiah. He says Thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. So here we have some people who have nothing. These are the remnant of Israel. They are in Israel. Uh, exile in Babylon. They have been carried away. They have lost everything. They've lost their homeland, their homes. They've lost the temple. They've lost their worship. They've lost their nationality. They've lost everything. They have nothing. And yet God says, In verse 8, Behold, I will bring them from the north country, that is, from Babylon in the north. I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman, and she who is in labor. So these who have no homeland have nothing. God says they're even worse off. They're blind, they're lame, They have nothing, they are vulnerable, think there's nobody more vulnerable than a woman who is in labor. This great company, they shall return here to Jerusalem, to Israel. With weeping they shall come, and with pleas for mercy I will lead them back. It's these who have nothing who will receive the mercy of Yahweh, they're going to return to their homeland return to Israel with weeping and I think that's weeping for joy. I will make them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble for I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn and here in Jeremiah we see God's great love for his people for those who are weak for those who are have lost everything who have nothing to these he directs his mercy His forgiveness, His favor, His blessing. And so we see in our gospel lesson that Jesus here is leaving Jericho. He's on His way to, guess where? Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. But it's Jerusalem and the cross that He is headed for. He's leaving Jericho and Bartimaeus, Bar Timaeus, that means there, it's Aramaic, it means son of, Bar means son of, Timaeus. Bar Timaeus is there and we find that he is blind and he is a beggar. He has nothing. His only income is the the few coins that uh, someone might drop in his lap as they pass by him there on the road as he sits and begs. We're told that Bartimaeus is blind, he can't see, and this is a a metaphorical kind of thing. Uh, very often there in the scriptures when you're blind you're not seeing the truth, right? You're not seeing who Jesus is. You can't see spiritually, you're without understanding. So when we say the blind receive their sight, like in the Old Testament readings that we read sometimes, the blind will receive their sight. We're talking about more than just physical sight. We're talking about spiritual sight. They can't see, like the Pharisees and the scribes who are said to be blind by Jesus because they can't see the actions of God. They don't see, they don't know the Son of God. They're blind to the signs that He performs, to the signs that testify about who He is. And before we become disciples of Christ, we are blind beggars too. We cannot see the truth. We have nothing to bring to the table, nothing to offer to God, to to draw His attention to us, nothing to make Him love us or make Him be good to us. We confess this morning that we are poor, miserable sinners and we say in the Catechism that I cannot by my own reason or understanding believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. And we sing sometimes, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. This healing of blind Bartimaeus here in Mark is paired with another healing of a blind man a couple of chapters earlier in chapter 8 and if you recall that that healing is uh, a strange healing where uh, Jesus has to heal him two times the first time he spits on his eyes and puts his hand on him and then he, he can see Jesus says how are you doing and he says well the people are walking around but they look like trees and then Jesus puts his hands on him again and now he sees clearly. This is very odd And a lot can be made from that. Uh, A lot of erroneous things can be made from that. Some people say, well, isn't that interesting? Maybe the guy's faith wasn't strong enough or something like that. If you believe that it's the strength of your faith that allows the miracle to happen. Something like that. That would be an erroneous way to look at it. Uh, I think that Mark is trying to to teach us something here. Uh, The disciples... um, seem to be involved in this. It's like uh, this is a picture of faith, a picture of what the disciples are going through. Uh, that In the first healing they don't quite the, the blind man doesn't quite see clearly, kind of sees, but doesn't really see and that's kind of the way that the disciples are. They have just witnessed in Mark, Mark is a very action-oriented gospel, and they just witnessed the feeding of the 5,000 and then right after that The feeding of the 4,000. And then right after that, they're in the boat with Jesus. They're crossing the lake. They've got one loaf of bread. They forgot to bring bread, it says. And they're discussing this among themselves. They have Jesus, the giver of bread, right there. And they're worried and they're trying to figure it out. And I bet they are blaming each other. You know, (laughs) I thought you were going to get the bread. Well, you said you'd bring it yesterday, and now where is it? You know, and all this. And Jesus has to say to them in the boat, Having eyes, do you not see? He has just healed this blind man, too. We've got the two feedings, and then he heals the blind man in this double healing kind of thing. And now the disciples aren't seeing clearly who Jesus is. They kind of have an idea. They confess him as the Christ, even as the Son of God. And yet they don't get it. And they're not going to get it for a long time, are they? Even all the way through his crucifixion, they don't get it. Now in Mark, there are these two healings, like I said. There's the, the first healing of the blind man, and then now Bartimaeus' healing. So Mark is leading us from this unclear seeing to clear sight. And what happens in between there? Well, three times Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. And it's like Mark is trying to tell us that the only way to see Jesus clearly is to understand him in light of the cross and the empty tomb. The sight that Jesus wants to give us is to be able to see that God's kingdom comes in Christ perfectly. And that's what Bartimaeus has seen. When Jesus says to him, your faith has healed you. Remember, we, uh, your faith has saved you is the same translation. I translate it both ways. Same words. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. And we also see clearly when we believe that Jesus' death and resurrection are for us and save us, heal us. Going on in that gospel reading it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing in my hand I bring. He doesn't come to Jesus and say, as we read recently, all these I have kept from my youth. Right? But he calls out for Jesus to be merciful to him. And many people rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more. See, he's he's nothing. He's not important. He's just that blind beggar on the road. Be quiet. Something's happening here. He cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, in mercy, stops and says, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. It makes me laugh a little bit because it's almost like the people that are duplicitous, you know. They say, be quiet, shut up, you know, stop yelling. Oh, come on, come on, look, he's calling you. See, Jesus, I'm getting him, you know. It's it's like they're trying to somehow make up for, for what they've been saying to this guy. Get up, he's calling you. And there's this great image then in Mark. He throws off his cloak and he jumps up from the ground and he comes to Jesus. I can imagine he runs to Jesus. And there he is. It's great excitement and hope in him. Some have suggested that that throwing off the cloak is kind of a, what Mark is trying to illustrate there is he's leaving his old life behind. He's still blind at this point, but he knows Jesus is calling him. He leaves his cloak behind. Now notice that up to this point he hasn't asked for anything except mercy, right? And mercy is the basic plea in the Old Testament that God would be merciful. Here are a few Psalms. We read it this morning in our Psalm. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Psalm 86. From Psalm 25, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Psalm 28, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. Psalm 30, to you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. And we could go on for a long time. There's all kinds of pleas for mercy in the Old Testament, pleas to God. And Jesus, the Messiah, loves to give mercy people. He calls Bartimaeus and he jumps up and he comes to Jesus and Jesus says to him what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said Rabbi let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him go your way your faith has made you well, has healed you. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The son of Timaeus is called by the son of David and told that his faith has saved him and he recovers his sight. He sees clearly more than just the people look like people, but he sees who Jesus is. He sees that clearly. He knows it. He follows Jesus on the way. And of course that way in Mark, that way is to Jerusalem and to Golgotha. And following Jesus even through suffering is the path, is the way of any disciple of Jesus. You and me included. So these two healings of blind men have given us sight into what true discipleship is like. It is exemplified by the beggar who offers nothing but can only receive And it will mean carrying a cross even as Jesus will carry a cross. Jesus says if someone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A true disciple follows Jesus in this way. Bartimaeus the beggar immediately follows on the way to Jerusalem to Jesus' death As true disciples, we also follow Jesus as beggars, dependent on him, dependent on his mercy, on a road that will lead to our own sufferings. Not pursuing our gain, but pursuing first the kingdom. Not living for ourselves, but living first for others. Not seeking to be served, but rather to serve as our Lord Jesus did. We follow Jesus all the way to the cross but the way does not end there. It continues on to the tomb to a stone rolled away to our own resurrection under his gracious merciful and eternal reign. Now why do we know Bartimaeus' name? There have been a lot of healings In the previous blind man healing, it's just a blind man. We don't know the name. Why do we know Bartimaeus' name? Mark says simply that they came to Jericho and then they left. Nothing special about Jericho. Mark says the disciples are with Jesus and a great crowd. Big things are happening. Jesus is popular among the people. He's doing miracles. He's obviously a prophet. He's on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the great feast of Passover. There's a lot on the minds of the disciples, like, who's the greatest among them? Uh, What will Jesus' kingdom be like? What about the Romans? Did you bring any bread this time? And one small voice is heard over the tumult. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. And we're told that it's a blind beggar sitting by the the side of the road there as the crowd is passing by, and I would wager that he always sits there. He's always probably in the same spot, and people are used to seeing him there. He's like a bush or a rock or something else, just part of the landscape. And he's unnoticed by everybody except Jesus. And perhaps we know Bartimaeus' name... Because as Mark writes his gospel 20 years, 25 years later, the Christian community knows Bartimaeus, the formerly blind and now clearly seeing disciple of Jesus. After all, he did follow Jesus on the way, it says. Now, I don't know if that's the truth, but there are places in the New Testament where we have someone's name And the best explanation is that those who are receiving this gospel, this written word from Mark, know Bartimaeus. Would recognize that name. Oh that's, yeah, this is the story about Bartimaeus. But more importantly than whether we know Bartimaeus' name is the fact that Jesus knew Bartimaeus, knew everything about Bartimaeus, not just his name, and Bartimaeus knew Jesus knew who he was, the Messiah, the Son of David, the one who was prophesied to come to Israel with mercy and grace and healing. And Jesus called Bartimaeus to himself. And in his great mercy, Jesus has called us to Himself, to be healed of our spiritual blindness, to see Jesus clearly not just as the son of David in earthly terms, but as the Son of God, the Savior, the one who saves us from our sins. True spiritual sight. And this is why we as as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, why we follow Him on His way. Thank God for Mark, who through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit gives us Jesus, gives us the word that opens our eyes to see clearly. And praise God for his great mercy that comes to us, even to us blind beggars, in Christ our Lord. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise and continue with the offertory on page 192. Me not away from thy presence and take not thy holy spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy. Son.